Hello and welcome to Giant Spotlight. Thank you for listening wherever you get your podcast. The Giants take a four-game series with the Diamondbacks by winning the last game 1-0. Is this lackluster offense sustainable moving into the future with the Rangers and the Rays? Also, I will discuss my special San Francisco Giants wish list of players I want on the team in the future. All of this in a minute. So the Giants, they take the series against the Diamondbacks, but what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? It was a really low-scoring series where they ended up winning the game, or the last game, I should say. They ended up winning it 1-0 with only two hits and one error as the Diamondbacks had six hits. If that sounds crazy, that's because it is, because the Giants won off of one solo home run from Lamont Wade and were able to maintain that throughout the game. And in this game, you know, it was... It was well-pitched. It was very well-pitched on the Giants' side. The Giants opened up with Alexander, and Beck went four innings and did another phenomenal job, went scoreless in those four, and Manaya came in for a bit and pitched, and Luke Jackson, Taylor Rogers, Duvall. So it was pretty much a bullpen game overall as Beck pitched, you know, most of the innings, although, and they got the win. And that sets them in a good position. They're in good playoff odds right now. They're looking good. The only problem is the offense is still lacking. The offense is still not hitting like they need to be hitting if they're going to go in the future series against the Rangers and the Rays. And just for reference, you know, I pulled up some, uh, I pulled up the top MLB team run differentials for this year, and Atlanta and the Rangers are tied at 159. Like these are both deadly, deadly offenses that have scored 159 more runs. They have outscored teams by that much overall. And they've done very well for themselves in the race in third place with 137. Although, you know, San Francisco is up there. They're in the 13th spot with only 27. They've still maintained a, a playoff potential. And, you know, that's that's the important thing, of course. And they've had astounding defense in these last, you know, in this last series and in the series before that. They've had a good defensive July. But offensively in July, they have not had a good you know, a good, they haven't had a good July and they have not been hitting as they did when they were really hot in June. And that's been a part of the reason why they haven't been steamrolling teams as they kind of were at that point. And like, I'll also bring, I'll go back to the Rangers again, because these are the guys they're going to be going against in a bit. And these are games they're going to have to pick it, like pick up the offense on to be winning these games to maintain playoff odds. If they're going to be in the playoffs and be set well, to, you know, take either the wild card spot or even the division. They're only two and a half games back from the Dodgers right now as it stands. And they have the ability to, you know, completely take the division and have a bye. At least that's what it's set up for right now. But they're going to be going against the Rangers soon. And the Rangers in the month of July, I picked the month of July because it's, of course, the most recent. We haven't had too many games in August to be able to determine any kind of stats like that. But in July... You know, their team put up a 270 average, like for, this is averaging over the span of the whole team, of course, for this time, 270 average with a 340 on base with 453 slugging and a, a 119 W, like weighted runs created plus. And that's really good for a whole team to maintain in a month. And the Giants, who've been probably the lowest on the offensive side of things coming into that, like into that month, is just... It's going to be interesting. These Giants are really going to have to pick up the offense, and the pitching and the defense cannot save them throughout that time. And I think that's what we're going to see as we go into these next few series is that they're going to really be tested 
you know, maybe not against the athletics. Of course, they are the worst team in baseball and they're expected to take those games in Oakland as they go to play them. And they'll be playing them tomorrow, starting that series. And they're expected to win those games. I say expected because in baseball, anything can happen. And you could go into Oakland looking to take those games. And then the Oakland, you know, the Oakland A's end up looking like, you know, the Texas Rangers against that series in the Giants. So we're just going to have to see what happens. But this is such Giants fashion to be still winning these games, you know, even though you only put up a run. Like a run in this game is what got them to win. And that's pretty impressive considering where they've been right now. And they only got two hits in that entire game. You know, I say this a lot as of recently, the offense does need to pick it up, but they are still doing very well on the pitching and hitting and relief pitching. All of that, sorry, not hitting, defending. All of those things have been what has held them together. And if they're able to put offense into that, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be even more of a top team than they already have been. They're going to be up there and they're going to be able to continue to possibly take that division like they need to be doing. And I think they have the ability to do that. And that's pretty much what I'm talking about right now is the offense has been lackluster. It has not been able to score a lot of runs. You know, they haven't had the highest run differential going into July or coming out of July, excuse me. And I think this is where the Giants are going to have to start, you know, scoring runs. You're going to need to score runs against those teams because they're going to make you work for it. Although the pitching has been some of the best, some of the lowest ERAs overall, have come out of like this pitching staff right here, but we're going to have to see more than that, especially as we continue to like go through the season and the giants, they've, they've done well for themselves in this season. They're 61 and 49. They're second in the NL West and two and a half games back from the Dodgers. And they're, they have the ability. They do have the ability to take the division. The Dodgers are still a powerhouse of a team and are still a team that they're going to have to compete with to be able to, you know, to be able to have that first place tie, not tie, first place ties. So, I mean, they could take the division overall. And I think they're looking, no matter what, I think the Giants are in really good position right now to keep a wild card spot going into October. But you have to think of the fact that some teams can get hot out of nowhere. And this Diamondbacks team, they've kind of taken a step back. They were the hottest at one point, and they were first in the division. Now they're third in the division, sitting 57 and 53 as it stands. And the Giants have caught in front of them by at least, like, I think four games. I think four. I'm not sure. I'm not completely sure, but they've gone ahead of them. And the Dodgers are right up there. The Dodgers at some point were in third. So it's kind of going between these teams right now. It just depends on who gets hot and who starts doing better. But run differentials definitely show the teams that are succeeding more than the other teams. I mean, you look at these, you look at the top run differentials in the game right now. Of course, Texas and Atlanta are leading. They're leading at number one. Tampa Bay's three, four. You guessed that the LA Dodgers with 107, you know, runs. And Chicago Cubs, surprisingly, in the fifth spot with 79. And San Diego right below them with 75. So these run differentials, you know, the positive run differentials usually like usually signify that they're a team that has, you know, good stats in, in terms of standings. That's usually what that implies. And, you know, maybe it's not shown for the first part because the Padres and I would say the Cubs have lost a lot of games in one-run scenarios and in late-inning scenarios, and that's kind of set them back, and that's what set them under 500. But as you've seen, the Cubs have gotten hot, and now they're, I mean, they're poised to possibly take their division. That division is very close between the Brewers and the Reds and the Cubs. 
And then you still have the fact that the Padres aren't out of the division yet. That division race is not just between the Giants, the D-backs, and, you know, the, the Dodgers. It's also between the Padres. So you put four teams in that mix, and it's going to be really difficult to try to work your way out of it, which is why the Giants seem to be stringing together more runs, more home runs, all of those things. They've been able to hit the ball, and, you know, they haven't done well with runners in scoring position as of, you know, this last month and going into August. They've done a bit better. As they've, as they've come into August, you know, they've been win, able to win the games against the Diamondbacks. But right now what we're seeing is that it's just a lot of low-scoring, lackluster offense. And that's all I have to say about that. That's all there is to say about that is that when they're able to pick it up, they will be able to take more games from better teams. And they're going to need to do that. After this series against Oakland, you're going to be playing some more teams. You're going to be playing the Angels you know, the Rays, the Rangers, you know, you name it. You have a hard August. You have a difficult month. This is where the offense needs to step up and prove itself if they want to maintain playoff odds. And that is especially important for this Giants team as they're going to go into an offseason where, you know, if you make the playoffs, you have a higher chance of signing Otani. Of course, Otani wants to go to a team that wins and is on the West Coast preferably. That's where he said. And if the Giants are able to go into the playoffs and have some success there and come out of that, they have other promises, such as a young core of players that have come up and become successful and have the team poised to look good in future years. You also have, you know, you're going to have money that you're able to spend and you're going to be able to spend that money on Otani. You just, you also didn't do much at this trade deadline. And that's not because they didn't want to make the team better. They weren't willing to give up these prospects for these like lower level mid tier players that probably didn't deserve it because the, you know, the trade deadline had a lot of high prices attached to guys who didn't deserve that high price. And I think Farhan Zaidi was smart for that one. Of course, I think he did a good job overall. And I think he believes that this team can pick it up with the players that they have now, with the rookies that they have now, with the pitching and the talent and the staff that they have now. So overall, that's where I stand on all of that. But let's talk about something a little bit more fun. I want to give my Giants wish list for who I want on the team. Not just who is available right now, but who I want on the team and who maybe I've wanted on the team. And I'm just going to talk about that a little bit because I do have a list of players. I have around four, and one of them is Juan Soto. Juan Soto, this is just complete, you know, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying that it's even like potential to happen. I'm saying that this is what I'd want because these are the players that I think would be a good addition to the team. And I'm going to start off with Juan Soto because his contract expires with the Padres in 2024 after that season. You know, he might be traded before that depending on how the Padres are doing, but his contract expires. And I think he's been a good, he's been a really good player to watch. And it would just be fun to have him. I mean, he has a sweet lefty swing and a very high on-base percentage. I would like to see him hit one in the McCovey Cove, and I think he could definitely do it. He has a ton of power. You know, he's got some speed, and not to mention the fact that he's also just a walking machine. His on-base percentage is crazy high. And I remember in the 2021 season when he was like third or second in MVP voting right here, he had drawn 145 walks in that season and had on-base percentage of 465. And that is just, I mean, that's just amazing. 400 plus is really good. And 465 is just something else, especially for that guy. He's done awesome stuff. And I would love if the Giants eventually got him one day. He was some, he was somebody that I was really hoping 
that we would possibly get the trade done for uh, when they traded him in the 2022 season, when the Nationals got rid of him then. That is somebody I was really hoping for. But he would be an awesome player to see, especially considering he's been a consistent all-star. He's been in MVP voting. He's gotten silver sluggers, and he's been a really fun player to watch. Now, another player, of course, this is obvious, and I think every team, every team wants this guy. And, of course, that's, of course, I've said, of course, way too many times now. That's Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is such a good player, and I think everyone who's seen him is is witnessing history. This is a once-in-a-lifetime type of player. This is a guy who has just continued to produce for the Angels and has given like has given himself so much value in these years that he's played. He came into the league in 2018 and played for them and did really well and got rookie of the year. And since then, he has just he's just been a force to be reckoned with. And in 2021 in his MVP season, you know, he he was killing it. And with 46 home runs, it's insane, but he's about to overtake his 46 home runs as of right now as he stands at 40 home runs. He's hitting, you know, he's hitting 310. He's with an on-base of 413, slugging 685. I mean, and that's just on the offensive side of the ball. Like, if you go into the accounts of the facts that he pitches, like, that's just, that's just like batting value. I'm not even talking about pitching value, which is just crazy to think about. But his pitching value is also really good. He gives you a lot of, he gives you a lot of, you know, everything. He gives you both sides of the ball. And I'm having a, like I'm having a hard time right now trying to pull up his apparently pitching stats because apparently that's kind of impossible to do here. But anyways, I mean, dude, this guy is, he's a unicorn of a player. And I mean that he's so much fun to watch and he's got so many skills. Once again, he's a lefty. He's a lefty. I'd like to see hit it into McCovey Cove over at San Francisco. He's a guy I would love to watch play for the giants and you know, his stats phenomenal. Someone who could give you longevity. He doesn't get injured a lot. You know, I'm not not, like knock on wood there. He doesn't get like he does not get injured a lot. And he's someone who will be in the game for you, who gives you a lot of electricity. He he plays with such a passion. He wants to win and he'll do anything he can for this team. So with that being said, another person I would want and I've wanted for a bit now is Marcus Stroman. And I knew as soon as the Cubs started doing good that they were not ready to trade him, of course, because, you know, he's giving them a lot of push that team who's so hot right now why would they let him go they're in the race to take their division and Marcus Stroman you know he's such a good player and I think he's a very good pitcher for you know the teams that he's been on he's had some pretty great years and he's a top ground ball pitcher which like that kind of fits into the formula that you have with Webb and Cobb right now and if the Giants are to re-sign Cobb at the end of this year because I'm pretty sure he becomes a free agent then you're going to have three of the top ground ball pitchers in baseball. And that's where these pitchers thrive. That's where they get a lot of their, you know, value from. But this year he's, he had a lower ERA, but has kind of not had the best of games as of recently, bringing up to a 3.85 ERA, but still is, he's still a good player and he still has a lot of value that could be added to a starting pitching rotation, you know, with some ace caliber stuff. And I think with the Giants pitching staff, you could see a lot of good things come out of Marcus Stroman that maybe we haven't seen before. That's a reason I would like Marcus Stroman on the Giants team. That's why he is in my wish list for the Giants. And then this is just like kind of an honorable mention because it's a player who is not going to be a free agent, like as the other ones have been. Shohei Otani will become a free agent at the end of this 2023 season. Marcus Stroman will, you know, he'll do the same. He'll become a free agent at the end of this 2023 season. 
The player I kind of miss is Kevin Gosman, and I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't keep him. You know, he's a very good pitcher for the Giants, and he's done very well for the Blue Jays, so I'm very happy for his success and for the things he's been able to do for the Blue Jays. But I do miss him. I miss you, Marcus Stroman, and it would be nice to have you right now. I'll tell you that much. But anyways, that is all we got. That is all the time we got for today. Thank you for listening wherever you get your podcast. Watch the game tomorrow at 5. I think it's at 5. No, no, no. Okay, I'm wrong. I don't know the name. I don't know like the time, but you know it's a Bay it's a Bay Bridge series, and that's always important for this team. But they go to play Oakland. Hopefully, they can take both games there, and you know pick up on the offensive side of the ball as they're in Oakland and go on to play the Angels. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.